This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode four of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw. I'm an active real estate investor and agent, and I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. So the purpose of this show is to, is to really document and share all the great conversations I'm having with people who are super smart and crushing it out there. Um, that includes successful people from across many professions, uh, but each conversation is really had through the lens of, of a real estate professional. So thanks for joining me on the journey. Now, if you love what we're doing here, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Uh, check out the website, theagentmind.com. You'll find their blog, videos. You can schedule a call with me, sign up for the newsletter, get notifications about the show and events. Um, before we get started here, though, how would you like to free up more of your time? Hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more dollars in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. So stop trying to do it all yourself. Have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reva Global Virtual Assistants by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link, learn more about virtual assistants. All right, let's do this. And my guest today has such a great story and I can't wait for you to hear her journey. She went from three deals in her first year to 15 deals in just a span of five months. Now Paige Corbett walks us through the struggles and challenges she's faced as a new agent and the best part about her story is hearing how she pushed through and overcame those challenges and found awesome success and continues to find awesome success. I love the vulnerability from Paige as she talks about her personal struggle with anxiety. She's an inspiration to agents everywhere. I'm so happy to have her on. Uh, what a great story. Here she is, everybody. Paige Corbett. All right, everyone. So I'm here with Paige Corbett um, for, out of Indiana. Paige sells Indy. Uh, welcome, Paige. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you. I, I, let's start off by just um, telling us about yourself. All right. Well, uh, like you said, I'm in Indy. I grew up on the south side of Indianapolis, um, but the past 10 years I've been on the north side in Hamilton County area. So um, my husband and I, we've been together. We've been married for 10 years. We have um, three little tiny humans that just follow us around and call us mommy and daddy. So, no, <laughs> but they're eight, seven, and two. So they keep us busy. And uh, my husband is army. So he's been working a lot lately on the COVID stuff, but that's starting to slow down. So we get him back. <laughs> we get him back around more often now. Nice. Good. Yeah. Well, that's, that's huge. Uh, well, first of all, you know, th thank your husband for his service. Um, yeah. Most definitely. And, um, I'm I'm glad you you mentioned you know having three tiny humans and being a mom and 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 being in a realtor and being a mom at the same time can conflict often. So I just want to I just want to say uh, just give you a little background of Paige that that I know from what we talked about. Uh, Paige has gone from zero to sixty, you know, to use a metaphor in in under a year, right, Paige, or about a year? Yeah. Yeah, it's just under a year now. Yeah. So from from uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to fill in too much. I don't want to speak for you, obviously, but uh, you, yeah. you were about ready to to leave the industry at one point. Or yeah. So it. yeah. So I, I I'm in 
April will be, I'll be starting my third year. So I'm finishing up my second year in the industry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, after that first year, I was just like, ah, uh, what did I do? Like I've ruined everything for my family. I left the dental field. Like, yeah, I was ready to, to just stop at that point. <laughs> yeah. Danger. Yeah. All that but, guilt happens, you know? Yeah. And, but since then you made a turnaround and, and now you're, you're about to, um, get like one of the, one of the highest accolades from your brokerage, right. For, for sales. That's the goal. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and then of course, you know, a year ago was when COVID really started. So I switched brokerages at that time mm-hmm. in like the April 1st, I think it was like a week after my birthday, I switched and, uh, and then everything was closed. So I was like, still <laughs> not doing any production because yeah. <laughs> we couldn't really do anything. Um, but then the summer hit and we were allowed to, you know, start moving. And then I had like a past client from one of my very first deals. My first year was selling the house she had just bought six months before. And I was like, okay, you know, and then it all just started happening. And here we are now, you know, I ended up selling 15 houses in the matter of five months. And I was like, whoa, it happened, you know? That's yeah, what definitely. it feels like to be a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? When you, when you're making the sales for sure, getting that close. Yeah, yeah. But then you get inside your head and you're like, Oh no, now what? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what oh, I'm do? glad you said that. How let's... do I keep it up? <laughs> yeah. So that, let's, um, that's exactly what, what we want to talk about. Cause I know, um, I think you and I've talked about how you're struggling with some of the same things, um, like imposter syndrome and, you know, keeping up the pace and, and all that. So let's, there's so much to, to ask. So I'm going to try to keep it organized here, but yeah, let's start off with um, where your, where your headspace was at prior to COVID and prior to finding the success, like where, what was going on in your mind? Sure. Um, well, again, my son at that point was the, the baby had just turned one. And again, I was making, you know, I had a really nice paying job in the dental field, but I really wanted to be able to be more of a mom and not so stuck to those rigid office hours. Cause I mean, the dental field, if one person's out of the office, you're, you're messing up the whole day, like the whole flow. So there was really no wiggle room. And then if my husband was gone for a training, I had to be there, you know, to get the kids to and from school, the big kids or take care of the baby. And I just was I was like, okay, I need a change. So when I did come into real estate, I was like, okay, this will be great. You know, everyone I know is going to be like, Hey Paige, I need to buy a house. You know, <laughs> you, I don't know where that, where that popped up in my head, but I was like, this will yeah. be easy. You know, <laughs> Oh yeah. I passed the course, my first try passed the test. My first try I was like, I've got this, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's just not how it happens. So that first year I did a total of three transactions. And I was just like, okay, like it it got really to the point where I was like, our lights aren't going to be on tomorrow. You know, like those stresses because yeah, yeah, my husband was still working, but we had been living a lifestyle of two incomes Mm -hmm. and then now another baby in there. And so my headspace was not good. And a lot of that is lack of self-confidence, you know, Mm -hmm. and that follows me from my childhood and my, you know, life before, but we, uh, I just had no idea. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, first off. And then second, 
like, what do I do? I'm, I'm done, you know? So found a coach, you and I be, we're on the same coaching program. Mm-hmm. And that, that really, that's where it all started to change. Yeah. When I could kind of see the value of where, what I, what I could do. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and getting a coach is, is huge. I think a, a coach and a, a mentor, just someone to, to help you, um, you know, get past some of those things. I heard somebody say once you, you can borrow confidence from others until you develop that confidence. Mm. That's a, that's what, that's what I did with, with, I'm having Neil on the podcast pretty soon. Um, so I definitely say his name, Neil Mathwig, uh, great oh, coach. Yeah. Just a He's plug there guy. for Neil. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly borrowed confidence. He had confidence in me that I borrowed from him. Right. You know, He's so good at that. <laughs> and that's really what it was. He was, he was that coach that he was like, listen, you know, you, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, but then figuring out what I was supposed to be doing daily helped a lot. I'm very much like if I have a checklist, I can get things done. Otherwise I'm just starting like 15 other projects mm-hmm. and nothing's ever actually being done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> that's the hard part for me is just like focusing on getting the right things done. Yeah. I can relate with that, but I, I, I would look back at the day and say, wow, I was so busy today, and but I don't know what I got done. No I know. Idea. Did I even talk to a client? <laughs> no, I didn't yeah. even talk to one lead or anything. <laughs> so that's a, that's a big one too. It's, it's kind of just being organized in your mind, but let, yes. let I want to ask you a couple of things because you, you mentioned leaving a great paying job, which I think there's a lot of agents out there that are career changers and they, they leave a, a job for something, um, whether they, they know what they're getting into with real estate or they have an idea what real estate is. Mm-hmm. So what, what was that thing? Um, and you mentioned you like time is, is one of the things, but was it, um, what was that shift in mentality where you, you felt like you had to do something different? Cause there's a lot of people that are very happy being in being a dental hygienist and doing very well. And you know, that's, yeah. that's their, their niche. So. Yeah. So I was an assistant in the dental office. Mm-hmm. Um, but back when I graduated high school, I was like, I'm going to be a hygienist. Mm-hmm. So I went and started school for hygiene school, which, you know, that in itself is tough, but um, it's really tough. So all my schooling prior to real estate is math and science, like calculus and biology and physiology, you know, that's all my brain. So um, totally different ballpark here that we're in. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, you know, it was hygiene. And then I was like, I didn't finish it because I was in a rush to get married. <laughs> I got, we got married really young. I got engaged when I was 19. Um, and I was just like, it's okay. You know, I'll just be an assistant and then I can always go back to school. Mm-hmm. So I went and finished my uh, dental assisting diploma. And then I was just like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to be a doctor, you know, the, a dentist and I'll just do it that way. Mm-hmm. I've already got half of the schooling done. I'll just, instead of two additional years, it'll just be four additional years, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll just do it that way. Well, then we had a honeymoon baby and then a baby 18 months later. And then I was staying home because my husband enlisted in the army. And then, you know, I just, I never went back to school yeah. for that or finished it. I went back to school multiple times. And then after a couple of semesters, I was like, well, I'm going to take a break. That's how, you know. So I was always an assistant (laughs) and then ended up being the office manager, but I still always had this thing that like, why am I sitting here? I'm making good money, you know, $25 an hour. That's good money. Mm -hmm. 
especially here in central Indiana. So it was good. But um, I just kept thinking and telling my husband, especially when I was pregnant, I was just like, I am sitting here in this office every day. I never miss a day of work. I'm there from six to five every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm making him so much money. And since I did all the accounts receivable, I just saw all the money. You know, the dental yeah. field is very lucrative if you're in the right position. And so I was doing all the accounts and I was just like, man, you know, I'm sitting here making this guy money. I don't even really like this part of my job. I got into the dental field to be a hygienist because I like scraping on crusty teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, and just the whole science behind dentistry is so intriguing to me. And again, that's all of my studies. And I was like, I didn't get into this field to sit behind a desk and enter in insurance payments. Yeah. So my mother-in-law is a broker here in town and she was like, why don't you just do a career change? You'll be able to kind of at least manipulate your schedule a little bit better. And so that's where my mindset was. I was like, I'm making someone else money when I could be making myself money. And also I need to be able to take control of my schedule at least a little bit more. Yeah. I, I'm, I love what you said. I, I love that because you're either working towards your own dreams or you're working for somebody else's dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that, that's great. That's one of the, the biggest things I think that um, if, if I could pass on anything from this whole podcast series is if you're not going after your own dreams and you're just collecting a paycheck, you're, you're certainly making somebody else money. So if you put all that time oh, yeah. and energy into, into making your, your own dreams come true into your own business, mm-hmm. then you're, you're going to be that much further ahead of the game and happier in the long run. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where it all started. I was just like, I'm not here to make someone else some money. <laughs> yeah. So then you, so you left it, left a great career. Switch yeah, careers, I, just, I didn't license. go back after. Yeah. I didn't go back after maternity leave. Yeah. I was just right. like, all right, I'm all in. <laughs> I took the course while the pre-licensing course while I was on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And then passed it. And then I was just like, okay, I'm not coming back to the office, you know? And he was a little upset because I was really good at what I did, you know? Yeah. But, and then he even brought up the fact because we were like on the path, we were were like repairing our credit after like childish things, you know, like with my student loans and credit cards. Like, again, we were really young when we got married. We had no idea, you know, we had owned two houses at that point, but we didn't know what we were doing financially. And so, he was like, you know, you've come to me with this last, you know, assessment and raise, like, you know, you're, you guys are on track to get a new house, you know, for your bigger family. And, and I was just like, I know, but this is just a risk I'm going to take leaving the dental field. And so it set us back now two years and we're just now to the point where we're back to trying to get the house again, like just yesterday, just yesterday. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. But I put in an offer, so we'll see. <laughs> oh, nice. But the point is, I'm in so much better of a state financially because I made the money for myself. Yeah. And I'm able, like, just find, you know, money-wise, I'm putting down way more now than I ever would have dreamed of at that job. And yeah, it took two years to get here. And now this is all coming to my head right now as we're talking about it. So thank you. It's all making sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if I would have stayed there, I don't think we could be in a position that we're in today, honestly. So yeah, it was two years lapse in there, but 
now look at where we are. We have so much bigger of an opportunity housewise. Yeah, that's that's great. I actually didn't know that 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 part of your story. So it, that's so cool. It, it it's funny how like ever you can settle and everything would you'd have a decent life and everything would yeah. be fine. Yeah. You know, but you'd be going to commute to work and sitting at the desk and doing going through the somebody else's and hating dealing with patients who hated me asking them for money. I mean, that was the worst. I was every day. I'm like, Hey, you have an overdue bill. And that's what I had to do was call people. I do think, Oh, I'm going to go off on that now, like a little side note, but I think that (laughs) that might be where the stress is getting into real estate for me. I hated, I'm just now getting out of hating calling people. Yeah. Because that now it's making sense because that's what I did in the dental field. I was calling people, asking them for money and they didn't want to hear from me. Yeah. Where sometimes you call leads and they're like, why are you calling me? And I feel like maybe I had like PTSD from (laughs) from the dental field. Oh, certainly. (laughs) I'm I'm sure that's true. Like you developed this fear. Yeah. I hate it. I was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. And most people have a fear of calling anyway. And then you add onto it, like your, your job for a long time was knowing like not even a chance that somebody was going to be happy with you. <laughs> they were just yeah. definitely going to be unhappy with it. Yeah, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. So, so here we are, you, you met, you took a risk on yourself and you bet on yourself. Yeah. Um, what, what was driving you to do that? Was it just something inside that you're just like, I had to have to make a change. I, I know deep down that well, I need to go. You know when you check out mentally, you Yeah. Know. Yep. And so I had already checked out mentally and I was looking way too looking forward for maternity leave just to get out of the office, of course, to be with the, you know, the new baby. But I was just like, man, I can't wait to get out of here for eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear and that. I can that, relate. That was, that was a trigger. I mean, I was just like, oh, good. I, and then once I was on maternity leave and being all that time with the kids, I was just like, because when Cooper, when he was two weeks old, Justin had to leave for a month. Um, oh, wow. for a training for a training in Louisiana. Yeah. And um, so I was so thankful, honestly, that I was on maternity leave because what would we have done if he was gone for a month and the big kids get out of, at the time, you know, with COVID their school days are shorter right now, but they were getting off the bus at three o'clock, you know, and getting on the bus at seven 30. Well, I had to be at the office at six and I wasn't getting home till five 30, six, seven. And I was just like, I remember the whole time being like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that I'm home and I'm able to be studying for this course. And like, mm-hmm. that was a huge motivator too, to not go back to the office was just like, I need to be able to be with the kids. Yeah. Not that We don't have a good family support, but man, that scheduling was a big key factor. Yeah. And it, it, what I'm, what I'm kind of hearing also too, is when you put things out into the universe, you subconsciously you teach your subconscious that that's what you're working for. Oh yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be working at the office much longer. Even if I hadn't made the decision yet, you're right. Like I had already checked out. I was looking for a different path of something else. Nice. All right. That's awesome. So let's fast forward. So now you're, now you, you got your license and now you're like, Whoa, what I do. I got, I have the guy got to balance being a mom being a wife, being you know, a daughter, like how do you, how do you put all that together? And, and what was yeah. that? What does that look like? Well, again, I'm like a checklist person. So mm-hmm. I, and my mother-in-law, she was, she's a, my mentor. She's, you know, she's been doing this for 20 years. So she knows what she's been doing and she's kind of changed with the times. And 
doing all that. And she's like taught me how to write all the contracts, you know, so she's really good at that kind of stuff, but it's hard to pick up someone else's way of doing their business. So I felt like I had to emulate everything she was doing, but it just wasn't like that just didn't vibe with me, you know? So again, get through that first year only had three transactions. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like our, I remember being like disconnect notice for like electricity or like a car payment being late. You know, I was like, I'd rather have be late on a car payment than like our electricity going off and like trying to juggle which bills are going to be paid when. And that kind of throws you into this, like, okay, mentally, since your whole thing is like, you know, mindset stuff, I was like, something has to change or me leaving this job and putting our family at a halt was for nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember just like apologizing to my husband for being with her. Like, I'm sorry that I put us in this situation. And that was really tough. It was really vulnerable. And obviously he's always been a really great supporter. And he's like, Hey, we're good. You know, we're going to make it, but it's, it's easy to not have that guilt. And then a mom guilt too. Like, you know, the kids wanted to like, they hear their kids, friends going on vacation for spring break, or like, you know, they wanted a new bike or things like that. And it's just like, you just, you get inside your head that like you failed everyone. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah. My so wife juggling was, all that. Yeah. My wife was pretty supportive, but she was definitely so, you know, but we do have bills. So, so <laughs> what are we going to do? But how are we going to pay the bills? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I can relate. But yeah, that's, um, that's, it's a tough spot uh, being there and, and just worrying about, you know, where the next paycheck is coming from. And it's, um, I think kind of what you're describing is this scarcity mindset and, yeah, you know, really living it, living from a, a place of fear of not having enough. So what you, I know that you've made that, that mind, like that switch in your mind, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like you turned on the switch and, and you just went after it. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I really, um, I, I struggle. So it all goes back to my issues with anxiety. Um, back when Justin was at basic training, my husband, and he was gone for, he was gone a little bit longer. He's gone for five months for his extra training. So it was a total of five months and the, my big kids at the time were two and three. And I remember I've always, I've always been like just a worrier. I worry all the time. And like, like I heard it the best from Ed Milet and this will stick in my brain forever and ever. Um, that anxiety is the fear of a made up future. Mm -hmm. And when I heard him say that it was a year ago now, it was last March. I was just like, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's what it is. You know? And I'm like, I wish I would have known this back in 2016 because I've already lived at that point, 25 years of just constant worrying either about what other people are thinking or like what's going to happen or what are, you know, and then, and then I, so I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> He's like, I'm 25. Justin's gone. He's in, you know, he's in Georgia for training. He was down near you, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, I was like, called my mom. It was like 3 a.m. And I could feel it. It was all the way through to my back. And I was like, I'm having a heart attack. I don't know what's happening. And she was like, okay, you need to take a deep breath. So I go to the doctor the next day, didn't go into the dental office. And they were just like, so you had an anxiety attack. You know, nothing's wrong with your heart. 
And I was like, yeah, but it woke me up in the middle of the night. And they were like, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> so then they started doing all these like tests, you know, like paper tests just to see where I fell. And I was basically, so I didn't know this, but learning all this made sense for me moving forward. But so like anxiety and depression go hand in hand, but it just depends where they're leveled at is where you are. So mm -hmm. my anxiety was like through the roof, but the, I didn't really have really much of the depression going on. Mm -hmm. um, so then they like, you know, they medicate me again. I'm 25. And I'm like, okay, whatever's going to help me, you yeah. know, especially with Justin gone. So yeah, I was on tough. that for a long time. And then 2020 happened, you know, so we're mm -hmm. four years later and I'm ha having this mindset of like, I, what am I doing? So then I went back to the doctor and it had shifted. So like the anxiety had come down, but then the depression side of it had come up and met it. And I was like talking to him and he was just like, well, maybe we should double your prescription. And I was like, oh no. So now, so now I'm not going to be on like 40 milligrams of Prozac, you know, again, yeah. I'm like 28 years old. I don't think that's probably healthy or <laughs> mentally. Like that's probably not the best way to deal with some things, you know? Yeah. So I was just like, uh, let me think about it. And then I never took it again. I was like, okay, if I, if I'm to the point now where I can realize when something's different, you know? I don't need to be on this. So that started the whole journey. I was just like, I just stopped taking it. <laughs> that's amazing. That, yeah. So like March. That's so awesome because I, you, a lot of people don't, don't get to that point of realization. And so for you to, to recognize that and be aware enough to make that decision is, is pretty big. I mean, um, that's all. And Ed Milet, I'm a big fan. So definitely listen to him all the time. Um, and that remember, was right around the same time when he said that was like the week after I had decided to stop taking that. I heard him say that. And I was like, that yeah. changes everything. It does, so then I just started pinpointing, you know, things in my childhood that had that triggered me. And mm -hmm. so I started figuring out like what my triggers were that made me like blow up, like, and be just freaked out. Like, like, or like little things, like if there's too many, like, conversations happening at me at the same time and the tv's on and three kids are playing with nintendos and like <laughs> there's too yeah. much happening that's a time when i just have to like go in my room and like be in the quiet or something and then mm -hmm. just realize that like okay the world's not ending you're not about to die sitting there for three minutes and then you're good again you yeah know? like a reset button yeah. And so, but before i didn't know whatever was triggering me ever and why i would just be so upset that all of a sudden I just start crying, you know, you mm -hmm. don't think about it. So couple on top of that, this career and me not doing anything. And I was like, oh, I ruined my family's life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's... when COVID happened, I was able to sit down and really reflect on all that. Nice. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a, a big worry and that can definitely cause some anxiety for sure. But <laughs> yeah. That, yeah Ed, so worrying about things about a made up future, that's a, that's a, such a big thing. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So I'm so happy that you said that, that oftentimes what we worry about is either never going to happen mm -hmm. or it's absolutely none of our business. Like what, it, yeah. you know, what, if we're worrying about what other people think of us, they're not worrying about it. So why do we need to be worrying about it? That was so hard for me to realize. And then yeah. also most of the time they're not even thinking about it either. Yeah. It's a, I, even like now, obviously it's not like it just goes away, but there'll be times I'm just like 
thinking about a conversation I had three weeks ago with someone and I'm like so embarrassed with what my response was (laughs) or like, oh, I could have said that better. I bet they think I'm an idiot or like, you know, and then you and I were talking last week about it and I'm like, but then when I think about it, do they even really remember what I said? Like, is this, is it keeping them up at night? Like it is me? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. And, and that goes back to like the fear of, of calling fear of rejection and I, it took me a little while, but I realized that once you, if you pick up the phone, you call somebody and they're just not, not into talking to you. I mean, mm-hmm. who's going to, they you don't get, remember the, you. You get the vibe right away. Yeah. yeah. But they, they have the phone. They don't remember you. I mean, think about how many telemarketers that have called you that you remember or think about <laughs> to this point. You know what I mean? Other than like collectively telemarketers, yeah. like they're, they're not, nobody There's not is one certain person. Right. Is it personally going to think about you and, and develop a, a, a revenge scheme to get back at you, <laughs> which can, you, 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 like sometimes your mind goes there. It's like, oh no, I, did, I said something really dumb to that person and they're going to. And then I'm like, should I bring it up in another conversation and be like, hey, and try yeah. and backtrack. And then I'm like, no, because then what if it, it makes them remember? <laughs> it all spirals. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they, and it, not to go too far down this road of, the, of that, but it's, it's about the fear. And it's about the the worry that we don't need to be worrying about as people or especially as agents and just getting past that. So like you've definitely got gotten past that and yeah. which is awesome to see. So what tell me about now, as opposed to then, like what you wake up in the morning, like what's different in your mind? I know you're more, you're organized and you work off a checklist, but like what it, it seems like that you've kind of realized some things about what you want in life mm-hmm. and so when you wake up today, like what's, what's different from when you woke up, you know, back before you, you, right when you got your license and you were, you're worried about all those stuff. So you said it perfectly, right? Like, do I need to be worried about it? Or like, what does it have to do with me? Because it all, there's so many people are going to be like, oh, my childhood, you know, but <laughs> that's when I spent that time kind of reflecting and stuff. That's literally all that it went back to were like my adolescent years of me worrying like am I going to wear the right outfit am I going to get yelled at for this you know so many Mm -hmm. I just I grew up in two different households simultaneously my parents were divorced which is fine but one of them was like pretty lax and easygoing and then the other one was like high anxiety like just all the time you're on eggshells at all times and like just yelling and (laughs) And so that just like, then when you go back to like my mom's house, when it's all slow and, you know, easygoing and my little sister's there, but then at this house, I have like stepsisters and they're 10 years older than me. And so I don't really have anyone to relate with, but then, you know, it all goes back to that and me. So I grew up just constantly at all times worrying, like literally what outfit I was going to wear that day, if I was going to get in trouble for it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even down to like school basketball uniforms, I was critiqued for that. And I'm like, I can't change a school uniform for basketball, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was so ingrained in my head my whole life that I was doing everything wrong that even when it came then to parenting and I had my daughter when I was 21 and then my son when I was 22 and everything I, everything I did with them, I felt like was being nitpicked, you know? Mm. And so then that followed me 
leaving the dental office, I knew that I was going to do that, but I was so worried about what that side of my family was going to think or talk about me behind my back or say that yeah. I was making the wrong decision even then. So that getting into the real estate business, that was always in the back of my head, like, ah, they're talking about me. But just like you said, who cares what they say? So the difference between yeah. a year ago and now is I don't care. <laughs> nice. That's such a great yeah, shift. Just, yeah. You just have to let go of those what people are thinking and if they are talking about you then it's none of their business it's not my business anyway so i just had i know it's hard but you have to separate yourself from people even if it is family yeah sometimes you do removing that negativity and that took that takes a lot of people a long time sometimes they don't ever realize it either is you know making a sometimes you just have to make a list of the people in your life and then mm -hmm. rate them on a scale of one to 10, as far as positive to negative. Mm -hmm. And really you have to, you know, make some decisions to at least limit your interaction with, with negative people. And, and by negative, you know, it could be someone that is just overly thinking they're helping, thinking they want the best for you, but they're overly mm -hmm. judgmental and they're kind of critiquing every little thing you do. And so in, well, now looking back, you know, and as an adult, I can even see why my stepmom is the way that she is. And mm -hmm. then I see, you know, my dad struggled, struggles to this day with addiction. And, you know, it's just like that whole household, I feel like just has like a bubble of gloom around it. You know, he's struggling with addiction. She's just like, she's, I feel like one of the people where she's self-conscious about herself so then she just projects it all out on other people and mm. it and that's just I don't have to live like that I don't have to let my kids live in a house like that so I'm not and then I started being like oh no I'm acting like her <laughs> that's another thing I realized that like if I'm worried about myself then I'm projecting it out on other people so that got that was another big thing I was like I just I'm just gonna separate my family a little bit you know yeah well, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if she does, right? We're not we're yeah, worried about right? it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, that's this is great. I this is one of the things that that I really love about you, Paige, is the is that you've 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 realized these things and you've realized the things that you value in life and you've made steps to to get there. And, and it's like you're you're never there. You never arrive to like this this perfect utopia of a life because that's just what fun would that be? Right. But you, you've made these, these changes in your life. And a lot of them are just are in, in your own mind, in your own subconscious. And like I said, before you flip the switch and now you're, you're on this, this path of, of huge success in the real estate business. And um, it's just, it's just awesome to see. I think you, you there's a lot of agents out there that struggle with um, identity, especially when you first get into the business. And um, yeah. you and I have talked about imposter syndrome. I think we, we kind of alluded to it um, earlier, but it's, it's, um, it, it's one of those things of it's a, you know, confidence and um, just getting past fear. It can be, can be pretty tough, but once you can push through those things, like you have, you really start to realize this success in your, in your life is, is starts to fall into place. And it's the life that you want it to be because you've made conscious decisions to design that. Yeah. And that's, so that's pretty cool. I think you, I hope a lot of agents listen to this podcast and, and can identify and can relate with your story. Well, um, that's the difference is I didn't believe that I could design 
the life I wanted. People are always like, design the life you love, you know, but I didn't understand that. And I was just like, that doesn't make sense. You know, you're kind of yeah. just given what you're dealt with, but like, no, you can literally make your life exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, most so, definitely. So what are they, do you have any habits that you now do that, that help you with that or, or stay on track or anything? Well, 75 hard has made me have habits. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad at being like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. And then mm. I'll do it for two days. And then I'm like, I'm tired. I'm going to stay in bed for two hours, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But no, because if you want to get that second workout in, you're going to have to wake up earlier or, if you know, you're not going to be able to read your 10 pages. You better wake up earlier and do it before the kids wake up. So it's one of those things like I have to strategically plan out my days mm -hmm. or I know the things I need to do aren't going to get done. And so then I started kind of using those, those values because they start becoming a little bit like habits mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily the, the the things, but just the ideals of like, okay, I know that this has to get done today. So what does my schedule need to look like for that day? Do I need to wake up earlier and suck it up? Then you just have to do it. So that's yeah. really, that's really what it is, is making time for the things that have to be done. Yeah. So you are, it, it, tell us about 75 hard a little bit. So I'm not, I don't know <sighs> if everybody knows it. <laughs> I'm on attempt three. And, but this one I'm go, I had, you know, I'm like, I'll finish this one two days before my 30th birthday. So that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, this is it. Having something to look forward to at the end of it made it work better in my head. So, you know, you have to have your two 45 minute workouts, 10 pages of a book a day, um, nonfiction, a gallon of water, you know, progress picture. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is that it. Think so it's, so. it's a pretty, it's a, a it's a, it's, a it's easy, all mindset things. It's all mindset things. things. Easy things to do, but it's the it's the the compound effect of them doing them every single day for seventy five days straight. Seventy five right. days straight. Nice, yeah. And who I just want to give credit. Who, who was it? Andy Frizzelli? Uh Frizzell, yeah. Frizzell. And I, yep. And I have the little app. So there's an app and it tells you, so yeah, the second workout, 10 pages of reading, drink a gallon of water. Oh, follow a diet and then no cheap meals or alcohol. So those are your things. I'm on day 16. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. I'll probably cut a little bit of that, but it just, it, I want to make sure to give like, oh, yeah. talk about 75 hard on some people might not know what we're talking about. So cool. That, that's awesome. So, so habits are important. Um, what, what are your current challenges, Paige? That imposter syndrome, definitely. I uh, kind of like you said at the beginning, um, I'm going for like, you know, it's a big deal, a, a big award in my brokerage, but getting it in my first, in my first year with the brokerage, I think has made me even more excited because, you know, we talk, when you talk about goals, I, I realized this a couple months ago that, you know, you can always set goals, but I guess I didn't realize what it meant to set a goal and then like actually think you can get to it and like achieve it. Mm. I, I don't know why, but it just had never happened in my head that way. So when I realized that I was at the time only one transaction away from capping, I was like, oh, no way. Like I just... Yeah. 
I entered in at this brokerage, just never thinking I would even ever reach that. I was just like, okay, you know, I'm just going to go sell some homes and make my commission, you know, but then I was like, holy crap, I can cap. And then everything after that's a hundred percent, you know, I was like, I couldn't believe that I had made it that far to the point to being able to cap. I don't know why, like, why wasn't that my goal to begin with at the whole beginning? Because I never thought that I could get there. Well, then once I looked at that, I was like, oh, well, then I still have five months before, you know, the end of my year with the brokerage. And so within, after you cap, and then there, you're eligible to get this big award. And I was like, oh, and so it all happened in my head. I was like, that's what it means to like set a goal and think you can actually get it, you know, because I achieved that one. So that's where I'm at now. But then, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas happened and things just slow down. And that was my first season of those like slow two or three weeks mm-hmm. ever after having production that I was just like, oh, no, like I messed it all up. All of those transactions I just did were a fluke. I'm never going to sell another house again. It's all slow. Like, what did I do? You know, like, how did yeah. I even get here? I'm never going to be able to achieve this. That's where I was still kind of am I think coming out of it but man that there was like a month there that I was like I'm never like there's no way I don't even know where I got that business from before <laughs> yeah that's it's, I've it's, really had to like fight myself on that <laughs> and it's so easy to it, I say this before that it's like it's so easy to listen to yourself and listen to that little little devil in your mind and mm-hmm. and and really start to believe it after a while so really, instead of listening to yourself, talking to yourself and telling yourself that you're, you, you can do it, you can set the goal, which, which is it, something that I struggle with. I know a lot of people struggle with that every day because there's always that ancient fight or flight. You know, there's danger ahead around the corner. We're going to get eaten by a tiger, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. so fear, 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 and always be, um, you know, thinking in regards to like saving yourself you know? And so, so setting those big goals and then, you know, going after them, but then, you know, then the the little voice in your mind starts creeping in saying, uh, that's seems a little dangerous, you know, looks, maybe we can't do that. Maybe we should try to do something else. Um, so yeah, so talking to yourself is huge and, and, uh, whether you do it out loud or not, does, I mean, some of the most smartest people in the world talk to themselves out loud. So I know, but I'll never be the person that stares at myself in the mirror and tells myself an affirmation. I can't do it. Yeah, I know. I think Saturday Night Live ruined that for a couple generations. But yeah, and I don't think you have to look in the mirror. It just, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you, you gratitude is a big thing and just, and just saying, yeah, I'm a, I can do this. I'm going to cap. I'm about to cap. So let's do it. Mm -hmm. I'm about to close five deals this month. That's going to be great. So <laughs> Paige, you touched on this briefly uh, about being a parent and, you know, really crushing it in real estate sales. So, so what expound on that a little bit more? Cause that's, I think that's a struggle for a lot of moms out there and even a lot of dads too, is mm-hmm. balancing the family life and being able to make all those sales and, and go show houses and have all those transactions. It can be a conflict. I think a lot of people get into real estate to have that flexibility of schedule, which is, is mm-hmm. possible, but it's easy to get caught up in the, I need to, I, I need to make that transaction. And yeah. you, you, before you know it, your nights and weekends are gone. So, so dig into that. I a do. Bit more. 
I do think it's funny because that really is why I got into the business. But then I've seen all like the memes of people being like, I got into real estate to for a freer, you know, schedule. And like, it's all just a big joke because you never really are (laughs) free. (laughs) But, you know, you kind of have to set those boundaries too with your clients. But then, you know, with that scarcity mindset that we talked about earlier, you feel like you're like, if they want to work on Sunday, even if I said I was going to be at church, you know, those times when, okay, you need to decide, are you, you know, do you have to have that transaction? Did I say I was going to be there with my kids? You know, things like that. So at first that was a really big struggle, but I think the biggest thing is for me, I, so I've learned to do it with a supportive spouse who I just know that when I have to go and if he's in town, like, listen, babe, I've got, you know, I'll be gone all day today. I'll mm-hmm. see you later, you know? And he's just like, all right, go make his whole thing is go make the money. So I can be a stay at home dad. He says that all the time. Nice. He's got motives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. So, so, you know, just knowing that you have someone there to support you, but mm-hmm. then I've also been on the flip side of it where at the beginning of the year with COVID, he was gone for four months. So I had all the kids and their schools were closed on top of still trying to work and make money. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you don't have that spouse there, either they're gone working or they have a demanding work schedule or, you know, you're single parenting Mm -hmm. is knowing that it, I struggle and my mother-in-law sitting right here. I always struggle with asking for help because I don't ever want people to feel like I expect it. And I think that goes back to just again, you know, yeah. uh, in my, I get inside my head. I'm just like, you know, can you help me? But if you can, it's okay. But if you could, that would be really helpful. But again, if you can't, it's fine. Like, I don't want to burden you those <laughs> kind of things. And that's where my head gets every single time, even still, but you have to just realize that like, it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, someone is definitely willing to help out, you know, even if it's just a couple of hours. Absolutely. So that was another one is just like being okay with asking for help, especially when it's someone that I know will love my babies just as much as I do. So the other thing is that, so my big kids are eight and seven, something that I'm so glad that I've done throughout this whole journey is keeping them in the loop about it. Like when our lights were about to get turned off and stuff, not that kind of stuff. Like I never want my kids to know about financial struggles or things like that because I was raised with that and I remember feeling like not that it was my fault but it was almost my burden too and then I was worried about it so when things like that did happen so I always said I would never include my kids in on stuff like that yeah um but instilling the hard work factor or like why I'm gonna be gone all day Saturday Mm -hmm. or why you know, you're going to have dinner with daddy, mommy, will be back in a little bit, you know, I'll give you kisses before bedtime, mm-hmm. things like that. But explaining to them why. So we have, we have the two years I've been telling them, you know, like, listen, this is why we're doing this. Or we own a cleaning business too. So we do that on the weekends. And when my kids don't want to go, I just remind them like, listen, we're doing this because why? And they know they're like, because we want to buy a house. And yeah. I'm like, right. So if we so work powerful. really hard, you know, if we work really hard and the fact that it has taken two years to get to this point now, yesterday, when I told them, guess what? 
I put in the papers for me to, for us to try and buy that house. They were, oh, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> they were like <laughs> almost in tears. They were like, it's happening. And I was like, remember all that hard work we did, you know, yeah. and why mommy had to go to work. And then when we went and cleaned offices and stuff like that, I think that was the most powerful thing. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that is, no, that is, that's great. That's so powerful. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, that's such a great thing that you had the awareness to do that and include them in that. Cause now they feel like it's a, it's a family. Yes. They You guys work together as a family and that's what made mm-hmm. it work. So that's exactly. To, yeah. yeah. Instead of trying to shelter them and just, and, and not include them in it, which would have kind of alienated them as you know, from experience. Yeah. You, you pulled them in and you said, this is why we work hard. We're going to get to that reward. You can't see it right now. Yes. But it's, it's coming. And there, they, you know, there's, there's all the things that that built, the, the, the bond that you built just by doing that and the trust and all that. And now mm-hmm. to be able to come out and say, Hey, you guys did this. We did this together. That's huge. Yeah. And I so think it was a really, really huge moment last night when we awesome. got, when we got to say that. And yeah, so that's the other thing, you know, ex- make it a family thing about why you're working or why you're doing certain things. Yeah. And it changed. It was, that was really powerful. Yeah. That's great. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to touch on also that you have, you have kind of created a a brand a a little bit around being a mom also. So, so there's a lot of agents that might, you know, they, they think that they're, if their kids walk in the background of a zoom call that, Oh no, it's the worst thing ever. But you know, we've been on team zoom calls before or other zooms Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you, you got to like, we'll step away and, and, handle something with the kids or, or you get, you know, somebody's on your lap. So yeah, I think Cooper even fell asleep on my lap. We wouldn't lie on our last <laughs> zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like, t- tell us about that. Did you, were you always comfortable with just, Hey, these are my kids. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Or did you, did you make a conscious decision or was it just out of necessity because of 2020 and COVID and all that? Not at first. Um, especially when the big kids were little, Um, I did have that feeling of like the way that I was raised that like children don't need to be heard or, you know, they can, what's that saying? Like they seen, not heard, seen, not heard, you know? And so like, I always had this fear of like ever speaking up or, you know, doing anything. And so I, I was looking back, I, and I said this when, right after I had the youngest that like man, I, or right before I got pregnant with the youngest, I was like, man, I just feel like I wish I had one more shot because my mindset is in such a different spot that I feel like I can be a more present and accepting and like fun mom, because I was, when the big kids were little, they're only a year apart. I was always like, no, you have to be quiet. Or like, you need, you know, you need to do this and be this way. And like, don't play too loud or like these little things. And I was always so worried about these things, these Mm -hmm. ridiculous things that by the time Cooper was born, I was so excited about like that second shot and like my head being in a totally different space and being like, it doesn't matter. They're just little kids. Yeah. You know? So then once now we are in this real estate business, if they're, they walk around in the back of my videos or they're asking me questions or, you know, I just always tell new clients all the time, like, Hey, if you hear my kids in the background, I've got three little ones. So, you know, don't mind them, but they're at home with me. And every, 
I've never had someone bat an eye at it. Like it's yeah. part of my life. It's all over my Facebook and my Instagram. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's relatable to most of my clientele anyways, too. So it, it could be a good way to kind of niche it down. But if someone has an issue with my kids anyway, then I probably don't want to work with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because no, they're I, awesome kids. So. Yeah. And I, and I love, <laughs> I love how it's, they're just a part of your business, It you know, mm-hmm. not directly, but they're look, if you get paid, you get the whole family. And, oh yeah. And I think that's valuable to a lot of people because a lot of people are in the same situation. You know, there, yeah. there a lot of I people. I mean, there are, were times when Justin was gone for that like short deployment that like they would go show houses with me, you know, yeah. and they know the rules and they know what they're supposed to do and not do and when to be quiet and when to not touch and stuff. But mm-hmm. they were with me a lot of those those few months. So yeah. Which is good. That it's was, that's great. And and I'm and I'm sure that the clients that you're attracting are you can serve them better because you're, you can relate to each other a little bit better. Yeah. So if you're just, yeah. just I mean, I guess the whole point of this is really what I kind of wanted you to talk about is because it's like being yourself, like, this is me. I got kids They're You're going to hear them that you might yeah. you're gonna see them. <laughs> like, yeah. so, you know, I can still, this is how I serve you the best. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you see my kids and, but um, you, you know, you know, I'm always working for you. You got yeah. Kids I mean, even last night doing an inspection response, someone called me like right at eight 30, my client. Mm-hmm. And I texted him. I was like, listen, I'm going to have to call you back. It's bedtime. And they were yeah. like, oh, okay, no problem. So I was like, finished up the bedtime stuff. And I called yeah. him and I was like, Hey, you just had to finish that up. They're like, no problem. I understand you've got the kids, you know? So just putting that out there, then people know that, listen, if it's at this time, you're just going to have to wait a second because. Yeah. And, and most, most people respect that. You know, mm-hmm. and it, and it's good. It's better to do that way than try to hide all that. Cause you're going to, you're going to let somebody down at, at some point. Like if, yeah, if, if they don't know, if you they have, have kids, this expectation of yeah. you and you're over here, it's not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's awesome. So that's, and I'm, I hope that other agents pick up on that. Is that just like, be yourself, be genuine, uh, be true to yourself. And you're going to attract people that are like you. Um, mm-hmm. If you, if you're being somebody that you're not, you're going to attract people that are not like you. They're going to attract people that are like that pretend person that you're trying to be. That's going to be miserable. And that would be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're trying to hide this, this fact that you're, you're a parent and you have kids and responsibilities and it, then you're going to, you're going to deal with, with people that can't relate to that. Right. It, you know, sometimes. Or so, even just appreciate what you're doing. You know? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome. Um, yeah. You have anything you want to add before we, sign off no now now i've bared my whole soul and cried on your podcast so <laughs> that's okay though it's me right it's just I'm not gonna apologize for that <laughs> no yeah of course that's what it's all about right well tell us um how, how can we find you online yeah so all of my social links are at page sells nd um so you can find me that way i'm on instagram mostly um so instagram linkedin facebook all that page sells nd awesome that's yeah. it just connects with your social media. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. Paige, thank you so much. This, is, this has been great. I, I know that there are agents out there that are, are struggling with the same, some of the same things that you struggled with, whether it's from confidence to um, trying to raise a family and be an agent at the same time. And just, you know, that realization that, that being an agent might be a little bit different than you had anticipated originally. Yeah. But seeing you work through that and figure it out. 
I think is, is definitely an inspiration to a lot of people. So thank you so much for for sharing. And I love what you're doing here. I mean, this is just, I mean, the whole concept behind it and the whole shift in my business was all mindset stuff. So I love that you're kind of highlighting that through your work here. And, you know, I just appreciate all you're doing with that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I use this cliche and I know it's so overused, but it's put your own oxygen mask on first before you, before you help your, the person sitting next to you. <laughs> so true though. I mean, it changes yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so much coaching out there and there's so many things we're bombarded with that, but it's all about getting leads and, and hitting the grind and doing that. And, and like, that's all well and good. And yes, we should do those things, but you, you kind of have to have to write. You have to, be, you have to have your head has to be healthy first and absolutely. And you yeah. have to have the right outlook and the right mindset. So, so thanks for helping with that. Yeah. Awesome.